0: T. T. B. Music for
1: the class. can hear the theme music in the background.
0: Ah, oh, it's always good when you hear the theme music.
1: Ah, uh, hello again, dear listener. Uh, as we're back... Uh, Ooh, actually we're back on a... The sun is coming out. Bizarrely, the sun is now coming out. Is it? Is it? Oh, excellent. Uh, it's, it's almost half past eight. The sun is coming out just before it goes down on a day that was meant to be gloriously sunny that hasn't really been. Well, welcome to summer 2021, folks. Yeah. And also we are just a few days away from freedom. <laughs> Freedom, freedom. or I don't want your freedom. Okay, our two listeners have now got No, gone. <laughs> and we're now broadcasting to ourselves, which will be excellent. A bit like the old days, Good. really. A bit like um, the old days. we got rid of everyone. Good. So right, let's press on. <laughs> Podcast five. <laughs> we have John Grant, boy from Michigan. We have the Veronicas, human. We have Tyler, the Creator. Call me if you get lost pom-pom squad death of a cheerleader Doja cat planet her and salt nine uh, so we are gonna start off with fifth solo album from mr. grant uh, we previously reviewed his third album great tickles black pressure,
0: pressure. pressure.
1: Uh, which is on podcast 10 2015 if you want to go back and check it out Wow. Uh, and of course his second album and a former CTTB album of the year for Woo. 2013 yes uh, the still really fucking awesome. good Pound uh, Pale Green Ghosts which 80. is on podcast 4 of
0: 2013 oh my god um, have you got these written down somewhere or
1: something I have alright it's almost like I've done research where shit. did this cataloguing start I don't know I just decided that you know <laughs> after after kind of 11 12 <laughs> years, you know, being Which professional and kind of mentioning the fact we review people before, and when we review them, might be a good kind of like you know, kind of, kind of cross it's pollination. It's great. I, I know, it's enjoying enjoying it. It. It's Uh, anyway, from what I've said there, you will notice that we skipped the last album. Mm-hmm. We did that what you will, really. Um, anyway, we are back with this album, Boy from Michigan, Peter.
0: So, um John Grant's fifth album is overall musically, I felt, much tighter than either what was it, Gray Tickles, Black Pressure, yeah, or whatever subsequently followed that I may have listened to, but we never reviewed.
1: Yeah, it was that, that was more. Uh, it was definitely more of an electronic, slightly yeah. more,
0: slightly more, I suppose, slightly more dancy poppy type thing. It, really, it, it it is. But I I felt that. Uh, with both those albums and um it never and with with grey tickles i never i felt it never really built on the 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 sort of masterpiece that was pale green ghost and i think that's pale green ghost is you know a high watermark in terms of absolutely albums he's done and obviously it was our favorite album of that particular year and go back and listen listener if you're still there because it is there's a reason for that um so i felt that this was as as an album compared with with previous solo albums felt much more focused much more settled in the production of The Sins um, and dare I say his best since not not quite his best but certainly his best since and and I felt this This felt like a real follow up to that That sort of masterpiece of, of Pilgrim Ghost so I, I really enjoyed this album yeah, yep. I hope it goes with that saying um, very much liked um, the production there is there is a few things that rattle through this album, there's very similar territory to previous albums, but I also feel that, that lyrically a dive into his upbringing and nostalgia there is a much more of a catharsis in the lyrics whereas Pale Green and I'm trying not to compare it too much to that album felt very much, much more edgier, and felt very much more open-ended in terms of his own personal experience with his sexuality, but also with the situation he now finds himself in. Yes. Um, As a result, I think the title, um, you know, obviously reflects his homeland of Michigan um, and and very much that sort of upfield of his upbringing, Um, his nightmares on the track, The Rusty Bull. Um, Currently, just making comment about that, for and uh, and then the thoughts on his cu- the current state or current as one when recorded, uh, well, actually no, it's still current state of politics in the U.S. and the sort of death of the American dream, how that perhaps rusted away in the Rust Belt. It's 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 all there to unpack. Um, so as I say, his best since. Um, also, liked though there were some really warm moments on this album and 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 I, I don't know if you picked up on this there's a recurrent clarinet that sort of pops up almost as a theme this is definitely the clarinet album and it's not on every track but it's always it's sort of there on a few tracks it sort of pops up and certainly when he's sort of reflecting longingly and warmingly on or warmly on his our childhood it's always there um so yeah so in terms of what i liked well i think i'm
1: i'm guessing most of it
0: most of it yeah uh boy from michigan the rusty bull i've already mentioned um it does get a bit kooky with mike and julie um (laughs) but that's okay that's okay it's not too wistful um and then uh you know um the only baby uh his takedown of the american dream um which is a theme that runs throughout but really comes to prominence in that i really love the way he referred to that thing in the white house yes um which i thought was it was just delivered with such biting venom um and then just when you think it's all over there's a really sort of elton john-esque ballad at the end called billy which is it's just just nice it's which is i the thing it's
1: been singing that's the thing it's been played a lot on yeah. uh, six music
0: right right um, um unsurprisingly really so yeah really like this album i feel like it's a definite um, oh, he's never lost form, so I'm not going to say return to form, but it's up there. I know you mean, yes. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. If <laughs> I'm going to be surprised, oh my god, they're, they're agreeing again. Hit keep agreeing on shit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I, I think. Um, I, but interestingly, um, from the first time I used to do it, this actually took me a few more listens to get mm. into than previous For sure. albums. So the yeah. first album I was a bit cold. I was, I was amused by some of the lyrics, but I was a bit cold on the th- on it musically, thinking, "Okay, are we just retreading on ground without adding anything new here?" Um, but then it kind of coalesced a bit more. Um, but the things that have always appealed to me before about his writing are still there. Obviously, the, the acidic wit, the lyrical humour. Um, I think it's on. Um, I've written down somewhere rhetorical figure. You know, I've always been an assonance man. Yes, it's <laughs> just it's just a brilliantly it's a brilliant line. brilliantly pun worthy line. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Almost uh, Shakespearean. So I yeah. It is. You know. um, so because of that, you, it is back to that thing of it goes to the personal honesty and. Mm. In typical John Grant style, if you listen to the lyrics, it's not exactly a light and cheery no.
0: record. It, it's presented as such, <laughs> yes, but, but it's not because it's not really, because he doesn't really no. do light and cheery no. particularly.
1: No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you dealt with the, the only baby, which is a thing on First America. Yes. Which, which bizarrely is is, an, is a track that I like, but similarly a track that I also have have problems problems with. And my my one main criticism of the album is that. That song particularly and a couple of other tracks are far longer than they really need to be. I mean, The Only Baby goes on for almost 10 minutes and, you know, three and a half minutes of that is going The Only Baby. (laughs) The Only Baby. (laughs) Um, I could have done with that, that, to be honest. Yeah, well, for instance, when a a radio edit version would have been welcome. Um, But that's a minor quibble. Um, because I think you're right. I think it is the best work he's done since *Bell Green uh, Love the start. The um, opening track, tart track, has bursts of sax in it as well, which reminded me of very much of Bowie. Yes. And the way it was, in the way it was u- utilised in the track. Mm. Um, also, really, really liked. He says, trying to get to the, where uh, so way to go? Yes, dear listeners. Because I cause I lost my uh, notes for this yeah. particular thing. Scott lost I, his notes for this podcast. I'm now having to like look on a sec- second phone for my thing. What? So Billy, I agree, is br- brilliant, brilliant, brilliant track. Also, rhetorical figure itself for really, a really, really light. Country Fair is a song that's grown on me and grown on me as yeah. as as, as uh, my listens have got, got gone on. on, which is the second track on the album. So you have Boy from Michigan, Country Fair, and Rusty Bourne, which is just a really really great opening kind of. Triumphant of songs mm. uh, before you go into obviously the Cruise Room, which is strange, not about Tom Cruise. Who <laughs> <laughs> thought? Who thought? Yeah. Who thought? Yeah. Um, although maybe it was. Oh, maybe before. it was. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <coughs> um, but yes, this is most definitely, if you haven't listened to John Grant before, a good introduction to John Grant. Uh, Yeah, actually it is. If you have, if you have, you probably already know that this is a good good album. If you've been a bit kind of "Hmm," since Pale Green Ghosts or even uh, um, Queen of Denmark first album, Mm. this is come back. Where to come back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. Moving on, uh, we go to the Veronica's Human. Uh, so last, po- last podcast, we reviewed uh, Godzilla from the Veronica's. And now we have the companion album, Human. Now, for those listening to last podcast will realise that I kind of thought this was meant to be a more acoustic, stripped-back affair, but clearly I misread whatever quote it was that yeah. I read about the album. Um, i put that in my notes, That's yeah. what Scott said.
0: It clearly isn't. <laughs>
1: um, but, there is, but I think there still is a difference. So, so whilst Godzilla... T- I think definitely leans more towards their uh, old style guitar pop influenced approach to pop music. Uh, This definitely leans more towards electro pop and very much a modern electro pop approach. Yeah. As uh, shown by the amount of featured that appears as a few on, feet. on the There's quite on a the few album. feet on this album. Yeah, just, just there are many feet. Um and it's also more of a ballad-y focused record, I think, than the than the Godzilla album. Um Cyber Godzilla, several of the songs are also also from tracks they've released as singles during their seven year hiatus trying to get an album together, so on your side, think of me and uh biting my tongue will appear from uh that period. Um For me, it's a weaker album than Godzilla. Um, which is not to say there aren't the strongest songs on it. Uh, I think, particularly Think of Me, uh, Jealous and Biting My Tongue, which come together about halfway through the al- halfway through the album. There are three songs in a row. I think that's really where the album is strongest. Also the opener, Without You, which is a lo- really lovely ballad. Uh, highlight the album is possibly the chorus of Movistar. Although the rest of the song, I'm less sure about. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's solid. Uh, (laughs) Ultimately, I prefer the Veronica's with a bit more umph and pop rock attitude than this. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. But I was hoping for a bit more inventiveness, if, if, if anything else.
0: We reviewed the gorillas last time, and I thought that had plenty of sort of popness about it, and as exactly as you described, that sort of development and edginess as well. Um, and, I would, uh, and because Scott says this will be different, um, I was expecting this to be a much more stripped back, maybe more personal mm. record. Um, but it actually turns out almost as loud and hedonistic as gorillas in many places. Um, although, as a flip side, it does open very softly. So it kind of it almost does. set the scene for that kind of. Here's, right, Without had, you, is very. You've had yeah. you've had you've had the fame and pop and glory album. Here's here's the real stripped back, nasty, <laughs> human version. Uh, human, um, indeed. But. Actually, it turns out, as you say, into an album that offers huge pop tunes, like properly made pop tunes that don't have those rough edges, perhaps, of their counterparts on the prior album. Uh, But although I did like Lies and On Your Side and Think of Me, yeah, Jealous, I mean, they're all big charting sort of pop tunes, you know. Uh, So overall, as a consequence, it was much easier to listen to, but was it less engaging? Yeah. For me, Yeah, for me I think I think much more poptastic listen, but it, it kind of lacked a something. Um movie star I've actually written, I've noted, uh in LA as well. I agree with you. I think they're they're good tracks also. Uh but I actually just felt that it lacked that sort of bite of the first record. Whereas I thought this one might be the one where the bite actually comes in. Yeah.
1: yeah it'd have been nice to hear a stripped yeah. down version anyway.
0: But but not to but,
1: you know, Two albums in, two albums two, in two months. Exactly. It's what's wrong with you? <laughs> and the fact, that, and as I said, bit privilege saving, trying, trying to get records out for seven, mm. seven, seven years. So, yeah, frankly, good on from exactly just, from
0: just exactly sticking it all out of there. Yeah, it's out there now, um, which is great.
1: So next up, um, actually, I was I, I having said how good I was for um, writing down stuff have <laughs> you got your notes well no, well no because not only did we review the where it fell down because not only uh-huh. did we review the, the godzilla by else, but we also reviewed the an album of theirs the one that came out seven years ago yes. and that, and I and i still haven't written down when that when that was so uh-huh. must do better however tyler the creator call me if you get lost sixth album unbelievably from tyler we last reviewed him back on podcast seven of twenty seventeen wow for his fourth album flower boy which you liked a lot i did do you like this one
0: yes i do it's uh it's it's a great hip hop album it's a great pop album it's a great rap album it's uh, it's got angst um but it's got a momentum that that carries on all the way through um it remains strong all the way through. It's balanced fairly lyrically. I've written down here in my notes, mature hip-hop. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I think it means... I think I'm thinking back to mature pop because we've talked about that a lot recently. We have, yes. So maybe I'm thinking, oh, this is mature hip-hop. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, Peter? It's great use
1: mature, of... Is mature? Because it has sweary.
0: It, it has sweary, but not sweary. It has a great use of synths and funk. Um... It apologises for the use of the B word more than once, as well. Um, it it, it, in it, it in just kind of a yes. couple of moments of self reflection. It's just, like, it's gangster, it's gangster. Actually, no, I don't like being gangster anymore. I don't like using those words. Um, so it does that. It, it it obviously talks about BLM and the pandemic. Obviously, gets a shoot. Uh, gets a not a shoehorn horn. Um, gets a show. Gets a showcase um, as well. A bit of me too. Um, all the hashtags are there. Uh, call Me When You Get Lost um, is recurrently shouted out throughout
1: the album. It is indeed. <laughs> Which
0: I quite enjoyed.
1: <laughs> um, you know he, what, the first time I did it, I didn't, get, I, didn't, I didn't get that at all. Yeah,
0: it's there. Yeah. Call Me When You Get Lost. Yeah. And I, and I, I quite like that because it's just like, it's take, it literally is taking you on a journey. And you've just, you've got to keep up with the crew. Um, but if you, if you don't keep up, just shout. Um, I really like Lemonhead. Um, what's your name? The one dripping with seventies funk. Um, the big, the big, you mean the big pop it, really? Because it, it is, exactly. it is by far the poppiest moment yeah. on the album. Uh, sweet. I thought you wanted to dance. Um, that's the one with the dash of reggae, which mm. I, was, I will say again later on this podcast. Um, yeah, that
1: goes full on reggae at that point. It does. I was, expe- I was expecting Sting and uh, Shaggy to come in,
0: and, it, and that one also features. Uh, maybe it was just me but what sounds like the opening riff of Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand um it Aye, goes, yeah there's a dale 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 eh, kind of yeah hadn't yeah that just yes. me just me but maybe not yeah and um then there's the very deep um and a bit too honest Wilshire um Wilshire's very good love m- song look. about meeting a woman who's a good friend and it all just goes wrong <laughs> from there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Pretty much yes. Starts romantic ends bleak. <laughs> it does indeed. Um so yeah. Overall I once again, Tyler the creator.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, I my opinion on this album has changed a bit, so um said, particularly for older listeners, today is my third listen of said album. <laughs> Um, it's,
0: like, it's
1: cliche, but it's true. It is cliche, but it it's true. And we, we, yeah. both, we both know that it's true, we both, and we both occasionally come to these podcasts having not listened to three times the various albums, wow. and uh, and yeah, I always feel guilty when I don't, because I know that quite often the third listen is the bond that you're going to go, oh, that's what it's about, that's how it hangs together, yeah, okay, got it, um, and that was how I felt about this record although bizarrely i quite like the first listen the second listen i was like i've read some notes down about this what the fucking was i was talking about this is this this is not very good well, but then the third listen against like, "Ah, uh, yeah got it yeah um so yeah uh, whilst i probably don't like it quite as much as much as you it, it, i love the start the out this is the start of the bird Lab partly because i'm familiar with the song that's sampled in it, which is song, uh, track, a track called "Siesta" by uh, the very, very, very excellent uh, uh, jazz prog jazz prog rock drummer uh, Billy Cobham. Um, I was going, oh, Billy Cobham, excellence, uh, and that goes into Corso, which is really fun. Which is really fun. Uh, as you say, what's your name? Uh, is where it gets really kind of poppy, and that's the kind of thing. Don't know if it has been a single, but it would be if you were listening to this album. That's one of the ones you'd be picking out, going, "That's a single." Yeah, uh, yeah, because it's mostly sung rather than rapped. Um, Lumberjack, which comes after that, which I, th- I think is also a really good, really good track, and also one of the hardest-hitting tracks on the al- on the album. Mm. Um, mm. And then, as you've said, you've covered this the suite and I thought we wanted to dance. Also really, 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 really good and interesting, the fact that it comes in with the, kind of re- the whole reggae vibe. Also, I really, you didn't mention it, but I uh, really, really liked Rise featuring Daisy World. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a really, really nice track. Um, it's one of the ones I've come back to over the last couple of days. Our roommate Pharrell Williams props up on Juggernaut. Um... Uh, Wilshire i should say is uh what's not the end of the album cuz safari so is the end of the album it feels like it should be it should feel <laughs> like it, it, it does feel like it should be yeah. and it, it is uh yeah it
0: it's it's a really well constructed mm, very track very well constructed track and feels like it should close things off with a a lovely romantic tale that's just bleak
1: <laughs> thankfully we like bleak on this podcast <laughs> we do
0: we like darkness
1: <laughs> yeah. So, moving swiftly on and moving swiftly to indie, we have the debut album from Pom Pom Squad, Death of a Cheerleader. Now, this probably has my favourite start to the album of any of the albums mm. in, the, in the podcast. I have to be fair yeah, with you there. Um, the eerie retro soundtrack, uh, which devolves into the frankly indie genius of head cheerleader which Mm. is frankly one of my tracks of the year so far Mm -hmm. Um, sadly what follows is not quite up to the standard of head cheerleader but it is still enjoyable and you basically got a 35 minute trip through grunge pop punk shoegaze Mm -hmm. 60s pop and more frankly as vocalist Maya Berin who is the leader of said band takes us on this very weird high school Fantasy trip. Um, so after you've had that op- opening, you go straight into kind of crying, which I immediately I'm kind of thought of as a uh, almost kind of if you imagine the Grease soundtrack was redone as a kind of grungy type thing, then crying would be on the soundtrack, as would Forever, which features later on in the in the uh, in the album. Um, Love it when it goes really rocky, so there's a track called "Looks" and there's a track called Shame, Shame Reactions, which are like just the title of, never mind the actual uh, musical content of, and drunk voicemail towards the end as well is just absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Um, add to that there's a very loving cover of Tommy James and the Shondells' pop classic Crimson, Crimson and Clover, mm-hmm. which was famously <coughs> influenced uh, Sweet Jane by Velvet Underground. Not ripped off at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just if th- this was another one of those albums that we've like l- several reviewed in the last couple of years. Where we, I was just kind of thinking, okay, it's not doing anything new. No. <laughs> but what it's doing no. is done is done well, and it's quite fun. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I would qu- quite happily when we've, when they release the next album I'll be going oh what's that sound like
0: not going to set the world light but yeah fun yeah there's a there's a double risk of missing this album when you listen to it um because it does rattle along at quite a pace it does quite sure um but I'll be honest with you for all the positive things that you've said there and I agree with all of them um it doesn't really stick with me in that the, I've listened to it repeated times and I can't really think about it I, I can't really sort of focus on you know so I've appreciated it when I've been listening to it yeah, yeah. but I can't really refer back to it I'm like I'm,
1: nothing's grabbing nothing nothing, nothing's holding me. on
0: no yeah. I mean I agree with you soundcheck the opening's brilliant head cheerleader's brilliant um John voicemail is brilliant um Forever, I quite like uh, shame reactions. Again, you mentioned that, um, and it would be remiss not to mention massive Courtney Love vibes from here, and there, here yes. and there and everywhere as well. Yes, if you're a fan of her, but at the end of it all, I'm just like, I've got, no, I can't even say solid because um, it's just not solid enough to stick with me. Um, Firstly,
1: solid whilst listening to it, but when you're not yeah, listening to it, it's, it's gone. gone. it's left.
0: Yeah, and it's a debut album, so you know I don't want to be cruel. Um, because no doubt there is much you more to potential be to be
1: yep. and, and the cover of
0: Crimson and Clover is okay <laughs> um, it's more than okay it's good um, it, so so I'm obviously excited to hear more from the band but for me this was a little bit of a miss ah.
1: moving on again you're uh, probably the only artist on this list that our children would be familiar with without parental intervention Um <laughs> this is doja gat and planet Her third album in as many years from uh i actually wrote down what her actual name is uh amala ratna sandili dlamini
0: that was so natural it was like you weren't reading it
1: i know yeah <laughs> also i'm I'm almost certain i have mispronounced pretty much all of those oh, four words 50 <laughs> There's probably a reason why she decided to call herself Doja Cat, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, an album that our children would probably want to listen to, even though lyrically perhaps not. not um,
0: <laughs> yeah, Peter, occupying the space between pop and rap, obviously. Clearly. Yes. Um, youth appeal, elements of dance hall thrown in, a uh, bit of reggaeton, reggaeton. That was a thing for about five minutes I think. Apparently, so. A few years ago. Um This is a great repeat listen. And bounce along. I'll oh, bounce along listening to it, but also bounces along at a pace. Yeah. Um it's a great summer album. I don't think I've said that yet this year. Woo can you show it? Yeah. Um with the tops and the windows down, driving through the city, perfect. Um it's it's a good pop album for the summer. And um yeah it has a very if I'm to break it down, it has a very strong opening. I think the opening few tracks are great uh woman uh naked, naked uh payday um I haven't realized actually until I went through this list all one words options, yes, yeah, options yeah. is also good. kiss me more three words um also very good. Uh, so yeah, no, it's just, it's just a good, it's just a good sort of bounce, long sort of summer pop album. I, I, I can't criticise because I actually quite
1: like it. I can criticise, but I'm not going to particularly because uh, most of the positive things you said about it, I also think true. Um, I do think again, I agree. It kind of starts off with stuff alright. First one all, I'm not nah, that's Naked is fun and. um has been, like several of her tracks, and is also part of the reason why she's become very big on those few years, because uh, she's done quite a few tracks that have been tiktokable, uh, as the young yeah, kids yeah. would say. Yeah. Uh, and Naked is yeah. uh, lyrically one of those ones that has lent itself to that. Um, Payday, which comes after that, reminded me of Grimes. Uh, the, the 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 start start of it the kind of, kind of slightly more squeaky kind of vo- voice thing I thought oh she got grime singing on the song but actually yeah. it's actually her. Uh, so it starts off of that and it goes it goes on and as you say towards the end uh, kiss me more which I think's the last, last track loved the use of the of physical, by the Newton John in that. um literally uses that as the the main theme which I like Uh, the middle of the album it's like (sighs) middle of the album is hard work partly because I think it's overly ballad heavy Um, just not to say there isn't good stuff in there Uh, in fact probably my favorite track on the album is uh, being like this really liked Um, I was also familiar with a couple of tracks on it I'm presuming because child has played them all because they've done the radio so I need to know and I don't uh, I don't do drugs which is which features Ariana Grande Um, we're both familiar for me in that kind of point Um, so start and end a good middle a bit kind of and also, from what I'd read about her uh, pr- reading upon her, part of me kind of expected more, because I'd heard she was quite um, boundary-pushing, and a lot of this sounded like just about everybody else. Yeah. So in that sense, mm. I was, I, my expectations were, were, weren't quite met. But as you rightly really said, taking that out of the equation. For what it is,
0: yeah,
1: it's still a pretty good record.
0: It's a it's a pretty good record. It's a very good record. Um, It's not boundary, (laughs) it's not boundary pushing, but it is. It's very enjoyable. Repeated listenings are rewarding. Okay.
1: So we finish with salt. Um, You'll remember that we reviewed uh, in the Christmas podcast both their albums from last year uh, both their untitled albums which had titles <laughs> yeah, last year uh, which featured very high uh, on many critics lists and made it into our list indeed as well. Uh, this is another album from this London Collective which features UK producer, Inflow Chicago rapper, Kid Sister and uh, quite substantially on this particular album uh, uh, singer Leo Song Lyrically, it's centered around the lives of kind of black men predominantly, but also black women in, again, predominantly the UK, but also America just as a general kind of thing. And it's an interesting album because it's, it's essentially just over 30 minutes long, 35, 34 minutes long. And it's quite a short, almost kind of like a short story in a way, yeah. in a, in a, in a way. and it's it it, it it hangs together I think better as a album and a complete piece of work more than the albums we reviewed last year do even though I don't think it's as good as the albums we reviewed last year um, Love London Gangs which is the start of the album heavy bass riff and you know it the lines. It's a fight for life, and no one's doing it right. Which I think, in a way, kind of almost sums up what the whole record is about. Really, that kind of whole thing of being, um, which theme that keeps coming back about almost being kind of trapped within uh, your environment and your circumstances, and how hard it is to get out of where you are. Um, and that first, and that track should like say the first track is called Ha Ha which is in a way erotic in the fact that, ha ha it's kind of a, almost kind of upbeat kind of thing and then you kind of go into stuff that's not kind of upbeat um, so London Gangs then slips effortlessly into uh, I think it's Trap Life um, which sonically reminded me of uh, the band Ruby yeah who for listeners who don't know Ruby around in the 90s which was uh Silverfish's Leslie Rankin and another bloke who's Mark something, I can't remember what band he was in, but um, had that kind of beat, drum drum beat, and the thing was just, I was suddenly thinking, ooh, that, which was good because it then made me listen to their Salt Peter album again yesterday, which is still absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, highlight of the record for me is possibly Bitter Streets where you have the nice the looped bass riff mm-hmm. and drum combo and then and then the kind of um, thing about Bitter, bitter Streets and Bittersweet combined, mm-hmm. going back and forth but, but usually the same thing about being in a kind of relationship where again you're kind of maybe in love or maybe connected to somebody and then you lose track of them and you lose track of them probably because They've come to a sticky end because they've chosen the wrong path. Uh, again, a bit, bit, bit trapped in your environment. Um, it has that line, line which I wrote down somewhere. Yeah, um, I remember when you were young you made friends with a girl and you didn't leave fell in love with the streets which again I think kind of sums up a lot of where this uh, genre of music is at the moment and Sadly, we are in a situation where where you know, things don't seem to be getting any better. In this situation, where people are kind of trapped in this uh, trapped in this downward spiral of things, without people ex- you know people are telling you this is what's going to happen to your life, and, you know, and mm-hmm. it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is sad. Um, which is not to say there's not light. It's not to say there's not light on this record either, because you get to the end of the record and you've got light in your hands. Um, which is a beautiful kind of R and B track, and then goes in, then kind of goes off sideways a bit. Uh, but it allows, and I think the star of the album is Leo Soul, Leo, Leo who is ever present throughout this record more than she has been, or more than any artist has been on their previous albums, I think. And I think her vocal are the shining kind of light in this record. Um, so it's kind of an R&B record that's not really an R&B record. It kind of is an R&B record. And if more rec- modern R&B records were more like this, I'd listen to a lot more of them.
0: I I think it has the, I disagree with you, I think it has the momentum of the second album from last year. So I remember the the two albums, they were both exceptionally experimental, but also very... Very well constructed, um, but this album feels like it. For to me, it feels like it took over from where Untitled Number Two Rise, yes, title of yes, um, um, took off uh, or left off, and and for me, it actually, I felt it kicked off with more commercial possibilities. As f-
1: oh, as absolutely, absolutely, I think, but, but I think that's probably because it, 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 it almost i think it's because it hangs together more as a.
0: it does hang together more
1: it's almost like it, there's a there's yeah. a sole purpose for this song no no song purpose of this record whereas the previous previous albums have, have gone off in more directions yes. up and down rather than staying this one's more linear
0: yeah um which i felt i felt maybe it's just me i felt more comfortable with i think it it just for me this album had more potential as an album, I guess, as a consequence. Um, okay, so maybe the critics, it won't be as impressed with the two volumes appearing in their end of year list, but, but and ourselves included, but actually I felt to me that this hung, hung together much more clearly, um, and was certainly, I, I, I felt I got to know the band more, uh, because there's a lot of mystery around Salt,
1: there are and there's still and there's still, obviously, still obviously, obviously i didn't yeah. mention sure obviously that little Sims to show up on one of the tracks.
0: Um but I felt a lot I learnt a lot more about them. Um either directly you've got Mike's story in there, which is pretty brutal. Um but indirectly as well you have tracks like Alcohol, uh Track Bitter Streets, which you've already talked about. So I I began to get a sense of where this band is and who they are and and where they've come from, and I love that that juxtaposition between the sort of London sound and that sort of increased use of um, sort of sixties, seventies soul bleeding in from the US. I thought that's and uses,
1: and 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 again the use of strings that that that's similarly on the two previous records we mm. re- reviewed the, their use of strings is very good it's
0: brilliant it's it's brilliant um so i found i found that was 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 lovely um I fa- I <laughs> best exemplified on the track you from London, which was yeah fun um and it run horses <laughs> yeah exactly and it ends with a really slow number as well lights in your hands, which was nice yeah. Um, that's a nice track. that's a that's a nice track. And I mean that in a lovely sort of way. So so for me actually I I, I, I preferred maybe it's the commerciality of it, maybe it's the fact it is linear and, and I don't think too experimentally these days. Um I preferred this pe- potentially to to the previous two albums. But the previous two albums obviously set a very high watermark watermark creatively. Yes. Um, which I think this fulfils the potential of by actually offering up something that's quite accessible.
1: Basically, what he just said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: No, I think, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think, all, I think... all,
0: although I take all of that back because commercial ability only available for 99 days.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We. Oh, I didn't mention that. Yeah. Yes. 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 This
1: album. This album was released with the Proviso, isn't Only In- available for 99 days. You can order it, although bizarrely as we discovered there on. The vinyl version of it doesn't come out until October, but yeah. you can only actually order that within the 99 day period. Yeah. Thing. You can also, I should say this as well, because this is Robin you can also go on to, if you search for Salt and Bandcamp, you can download this album for free, if you'd like. Uh, you can also choose to pay the band for the album, which if you're going to do so, I would suggest you do. Mm, um, it's worth
0: it, very much worth it. But
1: that. it is a pay what you want option, and you do get the MP3, the looseless version of it as well. So yeah, you, know, you can t- basically download the uh, the above CD quality of version of this record for nothing if you so desire. But we we would desire that you would actually pay the artist some yeah, money. Exactly. If you chose so, to do that, so. it's worth it. Yeah.
0: So um, yes, exactly. So there's there's the final twist. It's commercial, but yet far far from it in the traditional sense.
1: And also, well, I gotta say one last thing, because yeah, we are sat here with some alcohol. Um, yes, which is the most one of the most one of the things I liked about that particular track is it's um, I felt because it's a repetitive song. There's a, it's a theme, another theme that I should mention that goes to the album. Quite a, lot of, quite a lot of the songs lyrically are quite repetitive. Sure. Um,
0: but this isn't a, this isn't
1: a problem. That it has that kind of almost lullaby type feel to some of the songs. Where, where you hear so, hearing something and you, it, it relaxes you, makes you calm. Perhaps makes you sleepy, which is not a bad <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the uncle thing, but it's like basically this this is a lesson kids mm. in alcohol it says oh alcohol it was only supposed to be worn <laughs> yeah. true amen right on that note mm. join us again for podcast 6 where we're reviewing mm. actually I don't know what we're reviewing right. some stuff some more stuff until then tata for now alright